Praise God. Well, thank you, worship team, for leading us in a time of spirit-filled praise and reminding us of the worthiness of God. And he really is worthy, and Christmas is all about that. Um, there's been some new people that are joining us even tonight. I feel like our room has even expanded, and I just want to say we honor you. We're so glad that you're here, and there's some people joining us online right now as well, and we're so glad that you're engaging with us. We're at church together in two places, right? We're, we're here in person, and we're also online, and it's a, it's a joy to be able to have this time together. I love that little video right there, and maybe just because it speaks to Nina and I in our season of life of having our kind of toddler to five-year-old boys in our home, and we're teaching them the Christmas story and the worthiness of Jesus and walking with them through that. But there was something that that father hit on when he was sharing this with his daughter, and that was this scene where, where this angel share, showed up in the lives of these ordinary shepherds and preached the gospel to these shepherds, and this glorious scene happened. I want us to examine that tonight as we look at the third and final installment of this series that we've called The Songs of Christmas. Songs of Christmas. We've been talking about some of our favorite Christmas songs. Come on, let's just chime in a few. What are your favorite Christmas songs? Who's got one? Go go and say one out loud. Mary, did you know? That's always a favorite. What else we got? Come on. Jingle bells. Yep, yep. It's always strong. Silent night, silent night. I think that one's coming up here soon, so I like it. Nobody, no, no rocking around the Christmas tree, right? Jingle bell rock. No, we got some better songs. Um, not that those are bad by any means, but I love that the Bible reveals to us the very first songs of Christmas and that we can look back at these songs that were recorded for us in the original Christmas story and we can learn from them. They weren't just Christmas carols. They were thoroughly biblical songs that, can we, that we can learn from today, that we can grow from today, that we can even sing together today. And that's what I want us to do today. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to read this story and then bring a brief exposition to this song. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you're there by way of screen, say, I'm there. Come on, hopefully everybody's there somewhere. If you're ready, say, ready. If you're hungry, say, let's eat. Let's eat from the word. Father, speak to us now. Feed us through through your word. God, I pray December 24, 2020 would be a Christmas Eve that we remember. It wouldn't just be a checkbox. This wouldn't just be a religious service. This would be an encounter with the living God that changes our lives forever. Help us now as we hear and eat from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered. Let me just pause there for a second because I think that's powerful. Just the reality that, that this Christmas story that we're looking at has real people that existed in a real time and space. Friends, this isn't Narnia. This isn't the North Pole. This isn't Santa Claus is coming to town. Caesar Augustus is a real person, right, in a real time, and he... He called for a registration of all types of people. He wanted to do a census. It involved taxes. And this happened all in the place of bringing the Messiah to earth. This was the first registration from Quirinius, who was the governor of Syria. Syria is a real place. You could go there. And once upon a time, there was a man named Quirinius. And these people existed. Y'all do know the Christmas story is real, right? And we're leaning into it here today. And all went to be registered, each to his hometown own town, and Joseph also went up from 
Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David. It's important that you know that Joseph and Mary both come from the house and lineage of David. In other words, they were able to bring forth the Messiah who would come from the line of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, was, this was his fiance. this was his boo thing, all right? Nobody talks like that, I know, but it's okay. Who was with child? She was pregnant. It's a very interesting story. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Don't you love it when God messes up your entire plan? Like, here, God, in Bethlehem, like, can we make it back home? And God says, no, it's going to happen here because ultimately the Christmas story is packed with prophecy fulfillment. This story was talked about for centuries before it ever happened, and we're still talking about it here today. And praise God that Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was a, no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, I love this phrase. Come on, say it with me. Fear not. Come on, we can do better than that. Say it with me. Fear not. Look at the person next to you. Say, Ayo. Fear not. I don't know what you are fearing tonight, but fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Come on, say that with me too. Good news of great joy. I want you to feel the Christmas story with me. That will be for all the people. That means it's for me and it's for you too. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, verse 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. We see this song break out as this multitude of angelic hosts show up on the scene with the shepherds and the angel, and they start singing. And what was the title of this Christmas song? Here's the title that I came up with in my mind. The title of this message and what I would believe this song would be called is a title that has to do with the Savior's glory and the sinner's peace. The Savior's glory and the sinner's peace. These angels had a song for us tonight, and that's this that the Savior is worthy of glory, and the sinner might just receive God's peace. This is the message of Christmas. How did I arrive at that title? Great question. Let's go ahead and unpack it here together. As we examine verse 13 and 14, I want us to look at it carefully. It says, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. I want to highlight this phrase, a multitude of the heavenly host. This right here is important that we grasp it. I'm a visual learner. I don't know about you, but I like to see things. When I read books with my kids at night, I go right to the different pictures and pages. I want to see, I want to put, can we put ourselves in this Christmas story real quick? 
I mean, what just happened here? Right? Mary and Joseph made it to Bethlehem. They found an inn that let them in. Mary gave birth to this Messiah baby. And there was this powerful moment at that time, right? But at the very same moment, across the way and across the field, there was this glow. And these shepherds were keeping watch of the fields by night. Shepherds would do something that was very ordinary. And I love the Christmas story because it's showing me that God loves to do extraordinary things for ordinary people. Doesn't he? Maybe it's just the ordinary people like me that believe it. That God loves to lock in on ordinary people doing a consistent work like shepherds and says, I want to reveal something to you. And so what happens is the shepherds are in the field and all of a sudden there's an angel there. Was it Gabriel? It could have been because he showed up in the other stories. But this angel appears and speaks to these shepherds and tells them everything that just happened, right? The angel says, here's what just happened, shepherds. Check this out. Right over down there, the Messiah was just born. The Savior of the world, your Savior, my Savior, the one who's going to save us from our sins was just born. Yeah, go down there. Go tell it on the mountain. Go check them out. Go show up and see that this little baby in the manger is going to be the Savior of the world. Check it out. Go check it out. And suddenly, come on, everybody say suddenly. I want you to see this. And suddenly, there was an explosion. I never caught this before. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host shows up out of nowhere. So basically this angel just preached a sermon to the shepherds and said, the Savior was born. He's down there. He's born. There's a virgin named Mary. She's fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy. And there's this guy named Joseph there. He's tagging along as well. The baby's down there. And suddenly there's a heavenly host there. Like, whoa. The text tells us that the shepherds were scared to death. And these, these angels show up and say, we want to close this sermon with a time of worship. They sing this song. I want, when you think of a multitude of heavenly hosts, I want it to blow your mind. I want the first ever Christmas, come on, Josiah, to blow your mind. I like how Kent Hughes says it in his commentary on this text. He says, a multitude refers to not 50, not 150, not 1,500, but heavenly hosts beyond count. I think every one of God's angels was there because this was the most amazing event that had ever happened in the entire universe. Come on, right? This moment right here, this is just the Haydn translation, all right? I'm just thinking about what might have happened, how the whole multitude of, the, the word multitude when it's used in other texts, it refers to armies. Well, where this armies of angels steps down from heaven to hang out with the shepherds and the angel to say, yeah, we got to break out into praise. I can only imagine that Jesus, who existed in eternity, this wasn't the first time we meet baby Jesus right here and he existed. No, he had existed way before then. He is the I am, he's the Alpha and the Omega right there with the Father, right? They, they existed in a triune unity, Father, Son, and Spirit. Right? I wonder if Jesus was walking around the halls of heaven before Christmas and he just started to tell all the angels, like, I'm about to do it. Like, I'm about to pull up on earth. Like, I'm about to show up. How are you going to do it? You'll see. Jesus, you're going to just jump down in like a tunnel of fire and just save everybody? You'll see. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to be worthy of glory. And I wonder if the angels were just kind of like peering down, like watching, like, what is he doing? And then I think 
in a moment they recognize, oh snap, the baby's Jesus. And I wonder if the whole heavenly hall just said, we're going down. We got to peek in. Come on, we got to see this. We got to go get in on it. I want to, God, can we just go for a moment and worship the newborn king on earth with the shepherds? Can we just, can we just jump into it? Suddenly, come on, look at verse 13 with me. It says, suddenly out of nowhere, it was just one angel talking to the shepherds. Yo, shepherds, y'all got to go down there and y'all got to see. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude. I wonder if the shepherds were like, what just happened? Who are all of you? And angels are scary. These aren't little chubby babies flying around with harps. These are terrifying beings. And I love what they do. I love that these angels, they show up with praise. Why did they come down from heaven to engage in this moment? It was very quick. Here's why. This heavenly host came praising God. They came to sing. They came to worship. The heavenly host said, we want to be a part of this thing too. And here's what we want to do. We want to praise God. We want to sing. And they break out into a song. How about we have the details? We have the lyrics of these angels' song. What were they singing? First line of the song. Glory to God in the highest. Love that right there. The first verse of this song was simply this, glory to God in the highest. In other words, they're declaring and singing, God, you get the highest glory. It's important that we grasp this because I want us to be reminded today of what Christmas is all about. The first point of the sermon, and don't worry, I only got two, all right? The first point is this, Christmas is all about God's glory. What's Christmas all about? If you're asking that question, let me go ahead and answer it. Christmas is all about God's glory. Do you know why that's the answer? Because it's always been about God's glory. Hopefully, if somebody said, what are you all about? It would be defined by God's glory. The reality is, hear me, church, that we are all created in the image of God for the glory of God. That we're created in his image and therefore we should reflect his glory. And I really have found that so many people are out of balance. Life doesn't make sense. People feel discouraged because they're living in ways that don't reflect who they really are. We're created in the image of God to reflect the glory of God. This is who we are. I love how the prophet Isaiah says it. Isaiah is a biblical writer. He writes about this in his book. He says, everyone, come on everybody, say everyone. Who is called by my name. Right? Look at the person next to you and say, I think this one's for you. Online, I think this one's for you. Church family, I think this one is for you. I think this is about to be a word for you. You might, like, give somebody a little loving elbow. Be like, yo, I think he's talking to you. <laughs> this is for us, amen? Everyone who is called by my name, we're all called to know him. Whom I created, say it, for my glory. Whom I formed and made. Listen to me, church. You are formed by God. You are made for God. Life will never make sense for you until you recognize who you were made by and who you were made for. 
If it doesn't make sense, here's the reason. I'm going to give you the answers to the quiz. It's because you were made by God and you were made for God. I believe everybody on the planet at some point wrestles with these three questions. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? And I think the answer is simple for each. Not easy, but simple. Where'd you come from? You came from God. We're created in the image and likeness of God. He made people. Where did we come? We came from God. Why am I, why am I here? You're here for God. You might be like, man, this is a setup. Heck yeah. This whole thing is a setup. We're made for God. But God didn't make robots. He doesn't want us to just be like, we choose God. No, he wants to have a real relationship with his creation. God didn't make us because he was lonely. God made us because he would know we're lonely and we would need him. We're created by God and for God. He made us for his glory. So if you're not living for the glory of God, no wonder you feel like, you, I don't know why I'm here. Because you're made for him. His glory. The glory of God has always been a big deal. The problem is that we all have this thing in common where we miss God's glory. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You might think that you're awesome and excellent and perfect and sinless here. I'm here to tell you that you're not. This is the greatest Christmas message you could ever receive. You are a sinner on your way to hell. But Christmas intercepts your story and says, hey, I got a new message for you. It's good news. It, it even sent the angels down to, to sing about it. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've missed God's mark. Because we've missed God's mark, we've missed God's glory. Hopefully I'm not the only one that can relate. Anybody else missed God's mark before? Anybody else failed to, to hit the, the target of the glory of God? I know... I know I, every day, right? I know that I miss God's glory often in my life. I give it to somebody else. I give it to sports. I give it to sin. Every time you sin, it's just an exchange of glory. I, you could give it to good things. You could give it to your spouse. You could give it to your kids. All good things, but they don't deserve the glory of God, the worship of God. We miss God's glory. And because of that, we sin, and sin can't be in the presence of God. So what happens is we have this barrier in the way. I want you to just imagine God on this side, this sin barrier right here, and then we're on this side. And because we can't get to God, we lack peace. Because we can't get to God, we lack understanding. Because we can't get to God, we lack fullness. We, we want to be there, but we're missing it because we've missed the glory. And God's over here, and he wants us to have this peace with him. He wants us to have this relationship with him, but this barrier of sin is in the way. And nobody can break it except for God himself. The Christmas story is that God sends his son to remove the barrier so that we could have peace with him again, so that we could have a right relationship with him again, so that our sins can be taken away and forgiven and we could be made whole again. Amen? Like I think you've got to realize that if it's not for Christmas, you are not in a good place. I am not in a good place. Here's how the Colossian writer says it, Paul. Colossians 1, verse 21. He says, Once 
you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. This is me, y'all. This is you. That at once upon a time, you gotta, if you'll never appreciate the good news until you understand the bad news. That you were alienated from God and enemies in your minds. And sometimes people tell me, well, hold up, Hyde, and only God can judge me. And I say, I know, that's your problem. That's not a good thing. Some people are like, man, well, God knows my heart. That's not a good thing. Your heart is evil and sick and wicked. The judgment of God has already happened. It's called wrath. And we're all under the wrath of God. We're on the wrong side of the table. But Christmas teaches us that God steps down in the form of man by sending his son. His name is Jesus. Yahshua means Savior. And what Jesus does in Christmas is he takes our place. He gives God the glory he's due. He dies for our sins, past sin, present sin, future sin. He takes all of that on his back on the cross. He takes it all into the grave. Come on, right? He rises from the grave. He does all of this in our place so that we can come together here today and say, I'm forgiven. I'm free. I'm a new person. I can breathe again. I can see again. I know why I'm here. I'm created for the glory of God. I can't stay as an enemy. I need to be on his team. And so I think that's why, friends, hear me. I think that's why as we look back at verse 13 in in, in Luke chapter 2, that's why the angels show up and say, glory to God in the highest. They don't say, man, let me just give an amateur praise. Let me give a weak worship. I would, I don't know. I, I think that maybe our, our worship before this sermon was probably like a 6.5. It was cool. Probably wasn't the highest. Josiah leveled up, but I mean, like, our, 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 we, were, we, we, we were solid. I mean, it, was, it wasn't the highest glory. We probably could have went higher. We probably still could have went up another level. I love how the angels showed up and said, glory to God in the highest. This was the first announcement of that type of glory. When they came down and saw what Jesus did, he stepped down from earth into the world and became a baby. They said, this is the highest glory. There is no higher glory than this. And then the second part of the song is so beautiful. They emphasize the glory of God, the highest level of glory, and then they say, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The first point of this message is that Christmas is all about God's glory. The second point of this message is that Christmas is all about man's peace. But hear me, church, we don't get one without the other. When God gets glory, you get peace. If you're absent of peace, it's because you have a glory problem. When God gets glory, we get peace. When we give God glory, we get God's peace. This text tells us in verse 14 that that the angel had this song, right? This song was declaring for us glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. The truth is God is not pleased with us. We just talked about that. We have a barrier, but if we get in right relationship with God by faith in Jesus, all of a sudden we get pleased. 
What good news is it that you would hear the Father, God, look at you, and say your name tonight and say, I'm pleased with you? Don't we all want to hear that? Don't you want to hear affirmation from God and have him say, man, I'm pleased with you? Or do you want to keep working hard by the law? I got to work harder. I got to give more. I got to try better. I got to pray longer. I got to read long. I got to read more. I got to, I got to do. I got to do. I got to do. I got to do. Don't you want to just hear God say, I'm pleased with you. When Jesus got baptized, you know what, Jesus, what the father said? This is my son with whom I'm pleased with. The same language God uses toward Jesus is the same language right here. What if God were to say, I'm pleased with you tonight because my son has came to save you? That God would look at you tonight and say, stop working so hard to try to earn my favor by your faith in Jesus. I'm pleased with you. And there's nothing you could do to earn it. You can only receive it. Christmas is about us receiving the peace of God through the glorified Savior. What's Christmas all about? The glory of God, the peace of man. That we would receive His peace by giving God glory. And the only way for you to have the Father see you as somebody He's pleased with is by you receiving His Son. And so that's why we're making a big emphasis tonight that Christmas isn't just about the presence. Christmas is about His presence. Christmas isn't just about the hustle and bustle and wrestle and all types of X, Y, and Z. Christmas is about giving God the glory by receiving the Son and, and receiving peace. And I don't know about you, but 2020 has left me in this state of saying, I need peace. Come on, anybody else, can you just, do y'all just declare, man, God, I need peace in my life. I need peace in my world. I need peace in my home. I need peace in my family. He goes, that's what Christmas is actually all about. That there would be peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. And you only receive God's peace. Hear me, we're almost done. This is just a two-point sermon. We only receive God's peace when God is pleased with us. And you can only have God pleased with you by giving him the glory through receiving Jesus as the Savior that he came to be. And so that, that, that's my encouragement to you today, is that, that there would be a, a cross-centered worship. In other words, this. You would give God the glory, and then you would walk in God's peace. Right? Amen? I'm going to clap with you, Jaffer. I feel you on that. I need that. I like how Kent Hughes says it. I'll quote him one more time. Kent Hughes says, The substance of the angel's song is instructive. It was first upward as they glorified God in the highest heavens, and then it was outward as it pronounced on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace, wholeness, well-being for those who have been favored by God's grace. And all of us can tap into that grace if we would today turn from our sins and receive him as the glorified king of all of our lives who we were made for from the beginning. So I want to encourage you today, whatever you have to do on this Christmas, December 24th, 2020, that you would get right with God, you would make peace with God. And you can do that through prayer and you can just say, Jesus, I'm ready to make peace with you. 
I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the grave. I, I want peace with God. And when you receive God's peace, you receive God's pleasure. And that's the good news and beauty of the gospel. Amen? Maybe you're here tonight. And you got invited by a friend or you're watching this online and you just haven't made things right with God. Here's the reality. You can. You can. The reason why we're singing good news with great joy is because we can. Can you imagine if Jesus never came, if Christmas never happened? We're still waiting for a Messiah. We're still dead in our sins. We still need to sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice to one day work hard enough. Maybe God would maybe have mercy on us. Maybe, but who knows? Jesus says, you can know, and I'll be pleased with you. Oh, those words changed my life when I sensed the Holy Spirit say, hi, and I'm pleased with you. It brought peace to my life. That basketball couldn't give, that sexual sin couldn't give, that shoes and Jordans and the things of the cars, whatever, screens, just couldn't give. But when you hear God say, I'm pleased with you, it's matched with peace. Peace. Come on, let's read this song one more time. Verse 13 and 14, Luke chapter 2. Suddenly there was with the angel an army, thousands upon thousands upon thousands. Can you imagine it? A whole stadium full of angels, all in one accord singing, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those with whom he's pleased. You can have that. And then they were gone. Then they were gone. That is the song of Christmas. Father, thank you so much for this song. So God, together we give you the glory that you are due. You deserve the highest glory. You deserve the highest praise. And God, we get the peace. Somehow, God, we get peace from that peace on earth for those whom he's pleased with. Right now with all heads bowed, all eyes closed if you need to receive God's peace tonight through receiving Jesus Christ he loves you enough to die for you to shed his blood for you to come back to rescue you to write your name in his book to open the seal to open the scroll. If you need to receive him in Jesus' name, right now you can receive him. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. Right now, just come to him right now by faith. And if you've already received Jesus, you can still pray this prayer, but let's pray together. Just say, Jesus, I believe and I receive your peace. Save me. Change me. Forgive me, heal me, fill me with your spirit. I repent. I turn away from my past. I turn away from my sins. And I turn to you with faith. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I believe that I'm saved. I love you. I need you. I give you the glory. In Jesus Christ's name, help me, Lord, all my days. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. Somebody made a decision tonight.